Rock Rising is an artist-focused, nonprofit organization. We rely on listeners like you to keep going. If you want to find out how you can support a show, an artist, or give to our 2021 organizational costs, please go to rockrising.org donate. Thanks for listening. I don't know about you, but when, whenever I do listen back to these episodes or listen to any type of podcast, um, even if I'm listening to someone else's story, I learn something about myself. And so I try to treat these moments as a focused time, almost like a focused meditation to learn what the universe has in store for me in the person that is on the other side of the microphone, you know? Uh, wow, that is deep. And yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Here we are. It's Looking for Artists. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Again, we have a very special guest. As always, I'm going to give a drum roll and allow the guest to announce themselves with their own voice. So here we go. Grand Rising, everyone. My name is Walter Kemp II, and I am honored to be here. Yes, and we're honored to have you. So I want to ask you, Walter Kemp II. What do you do? You know, it's that's a very um, broad question because there's so much I do. But in short, I consider myself a fitness artist, which makes me so excited to be here because most people look at what I do and just think that I'm a personal trainer because everything that I do is surrounded around wellness. But what I do is try to bring as much artistry as possible to what I do through live music, through um, creative um, art through um, hmm. fashion um, and just and through through performance as well. So in short, I consider myself a fitness artist. I do everything that involves wellness, but I do it with a twist. That's very very intriguing. Um, so at what point in your life did you kind of come across the first bit or the first flavor or the first type of artistic expression in your life how old were you and what was it um when i was 10 years old i started tap dancing and i've been tap dancing my entire life i used to consider myself a dancer but um i've had this one issue with being um, respected as a dancer because i was overweight my entire life i grew up dealing hmm. with childhood obesity so when i moved to new york city i decided to go on a fitness journey for myself and i was able to lose over 100 pounds once Whoa. I did that, um, I gained the respect as a dancer and I was cast in different shows such as Dream Girls, Hairspray, and some other things. And and eventually I found myself having more of a, um, let's say, I enjoyed fitness more than performing. Like mm. I, I found that in my time at the gym became my happy place and not my time on stage. So. I decided that maybe I should try to merge the two worlds. And that's wow. when I came up with this whole notion that I would be a fitness artist. I would 
work in the wellness industry, but I would do it in a way where people wouldn't just be working out, but they would have this experience, experience of live music. So everything I do, I do with that live African drum. Um, everything that I do, I don't wear only um, Lululemon workout clothes. I try to um, pull in different designers and make my 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 athletic wear kind of like um, athleisure as well. So um, that's kind of how this these two worlds married. I started off doing tap, and then I went on a fitness journey personally to lose some weight, and then right. I had this epiphany that. I can bring my full self to what I do. I don't have to only be a performer. I don't have to only be this wellness um, inspiration or influencer, but I can just kind of blend these two worlds and be my full self and have people receive me as so. That's beautiful. I mean, you're kind of blowing my mind right now because both fitness and performing art, you know, performing arts are very close to my heart and my soul they kind of define a lot of what it is that I do and what it is that I try to express day to day. But for me personally, um, patterns are a thing that I'm not only obsessed with visually, but I also see that, um, my life can be kind of fragmented by these certain, these clumps of patterns. And maybe there's a certain age or certain things that happens to me that allows me to break these patterns. But even most of my life, even when I'm aware that even if I'm aware that I'm in a pattern, it's hard for me to kind of shake that pattern, um, whether that's positive or negative. Uh, when I, when I first started lifting, it was for a role uh, mm -hmm. on stage and I fell in love with lifting. I felt so good. I felt whole. I felt complete as a person. I loved myself more and I'm not trying to be cheesy, but I loved myself more and I loved others more. So I did it more. And, um, since then, I've kind of fallen out of going every day and doing it dedicatedly. So I'm kind of asking you, what in your life triggered you not only to m make a change in your life and the momentum of your life to lose the weight, but then once you found out that you enjoyed fitness as much or more than performing, what, what, how did you gain the wherewithal to then change the pattern of just exercising to also blending it in with these other gifts that you have. It honestly just, it, it happened so naturally. It, it really, really okay. did. It, um, first, like it, it was my, there was, was, there was no aha moment. It, no, it, it like, you know what? The funny thing is the aha moment is the entire journey. Each moment is an aha moment. I'm having an aha moment right now as you ask me these questions and I'm thinking and I'm trying to, you know, tell you exactly how it happened, but it was the entire journey. It was an entire journey. I knew that yeah. I had an issue dealing with my weight. I started to look around at my family. I started to see they had an issue. So that's when it stopped being so personal and it became more about my community and my family and people around me. And I wanted to help those around me. And then um, I, I started teaching classes, um, fitness classes. And I started working on a fitness television show, which is Obey Fitness. And I realized that I was performing. I, I looked at it, I was doing my workouts and then it hit me. I'm like, Walter, you're actually still kind of acting and you're still kind of performing, but you're yes. also, yes. you're also like instructing at the same time. And things just started expanding 
exploding when I brought my full self to it. When I stopped thinking mm. that it was only about squats and, th- and stopped thinking that it was only about reaching people and trying to get a message across, but it was about the whole picture. And the amazing thing about the whole picture is you, when you think of wellness, you have to bring your whole self to it. You can't just think, oh, exercising is going to get me to where I want to go. You have to think mind, body, and spirit. So once I brought my whole self to to my my job or my craft or my wellness, that's that was the aha moment. That was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be working out. I'm supposed to be ministering. I'm supposed to be performing. I'm supposed to be laughing. I'm supposed to be entertaining. All these things that I am. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was the aha moment when I just completely settled in my true self. Yeah. It's making the, it's making your life, it's making the performance your life because life is a performance. It's always live. And exactly. so if it's art not, is if it's not coming real life, absolutely. Right. Art is imitating real life. And, and if that's true on a universal level, but it's also true on an individual level. So that if, if you have a, an awareness of that, it, it kind of slams you in the face with, with choices and responsibility. And so to see someone like you, um, taking all of these different pieces and putting them together, it really sparks a fire in my soul. I have like, I rarely get chills, but I'm sitting here listening to you and fully shaking my head and getting chills all over my body because the most beautiful thing to me in art or an artist is when they can make the impractical practical or when they can make the otherworldly and they can go out there and then they can bring it back and like, and it can be useful for everybody involved. So yeah, I appreciate you and and what you're doing. Um, I started following you and I noticed that you do incorporate all these aspects of culture, art, music, dance, and fitness. It's all there. And so it was very clear to me that you're not just some fitness coach. Not and then I scrolled up, I was a fitness artist. Wow. I've, you know, I've never <laughs> heard that, but that makes sense. Yeah, I need you to say that again. You never heard of that, right? I've never heard of it. All right. I just want to make sure that I'm the first. <laughs> you're, you, you're the first, but if that's true, you may not be the last because for people looking for an example of how to make different, you know, uh, interests in their life or passions in their life make sense for themselves and other people. You're a great example of that. So, um, so you, I want to go take, kind of take it back. You mentioned African drums, right? So obviously music is an element to everything that you do. What, what is your relationship with music like? Wow, that's very interesting. Um, when I my first my first I first fell in love with music through musical theater. Um, I, I remember uh, I went to this this audition in high school. I thought I was going in to audition for the dance program because, like I said, I've been tapping for a very long time. So I thought I was going in for a dance program, and I went on the wrong day. And the day that I went was for the drama department, which was a musical theater department. And my mom was just like, why don't you just try this? Since we're here, mm-hmm. we'll, I'll bring you back next week and you can audition for dance, but audition for this. I went in and the audition, I didn't have a monologue. I didn't know what a monologue was. I believe I made something up. I might even set a poem <laughs> or something like that. The drama teacher fell in love with me and I never made it back the following weekend for the dance audition. And then I was in the musical department, musical theater department. And that was my first like 
relationship with music. It was through theater, through musical theater. And I loved it um, very, very much. But once I started doing fitness, I kept thinking about my grandfather. My grandfather was a traditional dancer in Nassau, Bahamas, and he traveled with a live um, djembe drum everywhere he went. Um, And I heard stories about it. I saw so many pictures. And when I saw my grandfather for the very last time, I was very young. He looks at me and he's like, we got to dance before I die. And I looked at him and I'm like, how does this man even know I dance? My grandfather, by the way, has 39 children. So, um, wow. yeah, his grandchildren, he must have, it's over a hundred of us. He so must have him, a lot of space in his brain to, listen, to know that detail. The about thing it. is, I don't think it was about space. I think it was about spirit. I think mm. something within him just felt something within me because wow. we had not spent much time together at all. Um, and it, Honestly, like I may have met my grandfather maybe two or three times before he said that to me. So wow. when he said that to me, it stuck with me and I never really, never really released it. Then as I started doing fitness, I just had this epiphany. I was like, I kind of want to do this with African drum. Something's hmm. telling me that I want to do this with African drum. I had a friend, his name is Salim, and he played the the djembe drum. And I was like, Salim, won't you come over? Um, I want to do this fitness class, and I kind of want you to do it. You know, I want you to play the drum. And he was like, okay. And we had a class, and I felt like the drum was so flat. I wanted him to play the drum on top of the music. I was like, okay, I want to make this modern, but I still want to honor my grandfather and what he said, that we had to dance together before he died. We never got a chance to dance together, so this is going to be our opportunity to dance together, like like emotionally, like spiritually. Like I want I want him to be a part of this with me. Um, mm-hmm. So we tried that, and all of a sudden, like, the music wasn't working. Like, the, 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 um, the music wasn't working, so... So Salim and I, we we kind of got confused at the work at the pop up, and the second pop up came, and I was like, okay, I still want to try this again, but we're gonna play like some hip hop music, and I just want you to play the drums on top of the hip hop music, just because I keep feeling like the drum is so flat. And we had another issue where he couldn't hear the hip hop music, and we were playing like different rhythms, and it messed the entire thing up. So then we had another pop up, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I just, just play the drum. We're not going to blame anything. Just give me the drum. And in that moment, everything fell into place. I was like, it's, it's supposed to be me and the drum. It's not supposed to be me, the drum and something else. It's supposed to be me and this drum. And in that moment is when I found a new love for music and I found a new love for the African drum. And it's just like, it was in that moment that I actually felt like I was dancing with my grandfather. I felt like that moment that he said to me, I was experiencing right there and I didn't need anything else. I didn't need no R&B. I didn't need any hip hop on top of it. I needed the drum and I needed me. And in that moment, I, I just, fell in love with with the rhythms i fell in love with the sound it made me dance harder it made me instruct harder it just brought me into this place that i didn't even know that i can go but i i felt like my grandfather might have known that i can go so that's when i fell in love with the whole african drum and now everything that i do is accompanied by an african drum sometimes i have two drummers Um, most of the time i have one but i do nothing i do nothing on my own without my drummer wow Wow. I'm ta- I'm kind of just taking all of that in. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Uh, so, okay. Questions. Do you still feel his presence? Do you still feel like you're dancing with him 
now, even after some time has passed since that first revelation? Oh, man, this is so... Um, honestly, I feel him now more than ever. Whoa. Honestly, I feel him now more than ever. And, and even when I'm not with the drum, I feel him now in this interview. I feel him every time I talk about creativity, art, whenever I move my body, I feel him. He's so present and I'm so grateful for it because I don't think I can do this alone. It's really powerful. I mean, that's really, really powerful. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for my heritage. I'm very grateful for my ancestors. I'm very, very grateful for him seeing that or feeling that when he saw me. Right. And I'm just very grateful to be able to express myself in this way and to be received so well by so many yeah. people. Because when you take a chance and you do something like that, you're afraid that people just won't get it because it's so personal for you. For mm -hmm. me, it was like, it was about me and my grandfather. And mm -hmm. now it's so much bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to make parallels, right? Because you have the drums. And even though African drums are different than a, a an American drum kit that we think of, which you can tone and pitch all these different, you can pitch the different, I think it's called the face or the skin of the drum for mm -hmm. different pitches. Mm -hmm. But drums are kind of typically... You, you, if you're going to play a rhythm, a melody, rather, you're not going to grab a drum kit. You're going to grab a piano or a guitar. Or you're going to sing a melody. Right. So it's really fascinating to me that you can feel the music and the spirit. And you can, it's almost like tasting and seeing all the colors of not just who your grandfather is to you, but who, you know, not to be cheesy, but who we are to each other and how music is kind of the great leveler. And you don't need even pitch for it. You can have drums. You can just have the beat, the rhythm of who a person is or who you are. Because, you know, for me, um, I'm adopted. All the children in my family are adopted. Um, I had the the fortune, the the blessing of visiting my birth mother every year on my birthday, maybe a day before, a day after, give or take. But other than that, I don't really know my ancestral line. Yes, we live in a time where I could figure that out, but I don't have a personal connection with it past those meetings with my birth mother. So for me to even have this experience with you and feel connected to you in some way, feel connected to your grandfather that's a powerful thing because that's kind of like all there, all we really have to do Absolutely, is to share that love that we've been given. And the cool thing is I've been tapping my whole life. So I didn't even realize that I was preparing for this because tap is the same thing. It's percussion. Right. Right. You know, rudiments, you know, it, it's, it's paradiddles. It's the exact same thing. So the things that I've been doing with my feet, Salim is now doing with his hands. Right. And it's full body because I think a lot of people see tap and they just think, oh, they can move their feet really fast. But they don't you don't realize that your your core is engaged. Your arms help you. Your arms not only help you, but they are a part of the performance as well. Absolutely. You know? You're getting a sound out because of the transfer of weight. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to lean a certain mm-hmm. way to get a certain sound. You have to put more front to get that more back, get more back to get more front. So yeah, absolutely. Transferring the the weight and the energy. And I think a lot of people, they get stuck. You know, when, I've, when I'm working on a project that isn't making sense, it's usually because a part of me is not helping with the transference of that weight. It's absolutely. just refusing to, to help or refusing to move. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So this is, I mean, this is fantastic. So African drums and what else I saw, I was looking at some of your posts um, and I was seeing that you do like some things with like kicks and stuff. Are you, do you have any training with, with martial arts? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I know how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no um but no no not at all um a lot of the time i think you may have seen a video where i was doing this move that kind of almost looked like a charleston step where it's like a step kick step back um and like it just comes from my dance training it comes from after being in musical theater so long i did train in jazz ballet tap modern hip-hop everything so like i said i bring all of me to my fitness so that, that that's just a little bit of my um dance background that's cool I want to, I also want to ask you about your tattoos. They're beautiful. Uh, wow. Thank you. Um, if you don't mind, sometimes no, tattoos are really personal. Well, you know, my tattoos do tell a story. Um, currently I'm working on a sleeve on my left arm and I have a wing on my shoulder. And um, if we're going to get really personal about four and a half years ago, I, Uh, went through a really interesting divorce. And um, at the time, it was the first time that I had to really level up in life and, and, and use my own wings to fly. I grew up in a family with my mom. She had three boys and I was the youngest. So I was sheltered a lot. My mom always held me up and I leaned on people for, for help, for, for support, for love. And that in that point in my life, I didn't have anyone to lean on and I had to lean on myself. And I just kept hearing the spirit say, it's time to use your own wings to fly. Right. It's time for you to fly on your own wings. So I have this huge wing on my left shoulder. I also have a ram on my forearm, which is symbolic of my zodiac sign. I'm an Aries. Um, I was born April 7th, 1987. Um, and I also have my nickname, which is champ on my arm. Um, my grandmother gave me that name. Um, how did you earn that nickname? You, yeah, we, okay. Well, honestly, I don't even know my grandfather, my grandmother, she did not agree with me being named after my father. She was hmm. like, I am not calling that child Walter. <laughs> so she said, you know what? I'm just going to call him champ. And, and, and you guys are not allowed to call him Walter in his house. That name is not allowed, but I was my wow. father's first and only son. So he was not having it. My name was going to be Walter Kemp Jr. I, I changed it to the second just because I felt like Jr. was a little too old fashioned. Um, yeah. So my grandmother, she gave me the nickname champ and it stuck with me. And honestly, I don't think I've, I didn't earn that nickname until now. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's now where I feel like I'm the champ. And it's not the champ at anything specific, but I'm the best me. I'm the champ at being me. And it's very right. interesting because I went to a juice bar today and um, I order juices for my clients weekly because we juice. And 
I introduced myself as Walter. And today, when I went to pick up the juices, on my way out, he was like, all right, thank you so much, champ. <laughs> I looked back, and I was like, wait. <laughs> What's going on here? So, like, in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm the champ. That's me. Yeah. Um, and outside He's of that, like I just have, outside of that on my arm, I just have some other tribal stuff going on that's actually not finished yet, but it'll be done pretty soon. And then I also have a lotus flower um, on the inside of my arm. And I got that because one of the first people that, that was a spiritual influence to me was a guy named Jack. And I worked on a cruise ship when I was 20 years old, princess, um, princess cruise ship as a dancer. And I, I, when I was cast, they tried to fire me. They didn't want me on the ship because I didn't know how to do partner work. And he fought and he fought and he fought and he fought for me. And I was able to go out on the sea and I was able to work on a ship and do eight months. And I learned partner work and I was amazing at it. And he wrote me this long letter and he just told me how, how I reminded him of the lotus flower and mm -hmm. how the lotus grew through mud. And he saw my beauty, even when everyone else was trying to shit on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have yeah. a lotus on my arm with a little man in the middle that's meditating and floating. And I think that I'm that little man that meditates and float because now I'm just really, really um, drawn to meditation. Meditation has been a huge part of my personal development. So that's kind of the whole story on my sleeve. That's awesome. So meditation's a part of your development. What um what kind of techniques do do you use or when you started using meditation, how did you how did you discover that? Um I discovered meditation through being alone. Um I was a person where I had so many people around me. I always felt like I had to have a million friends. And like I said, when I went through that hard time in my life about four years ago, I was mm -hmm. with myself and I had no choice but to sit with myself. Like I, I, I rented a little room out and I lived in this room and I had no TV. I had no radio. I had my phone, of course, but I spent a lot of my time in the quiet. And through that time, I've heard so many things. I learned so much about myself and it just came from sitting sitting in the quiet. And then as I journeyed on, I realized I was like, oh, that's meditation. That, that me just sitting here is meditation. And I started to just do that more. And now, you know, meditation mm -hmm. is different for everybody. For me, I just sit and I listen. I just sit mm -hmm. and I listen. And um, I do this thing now where I sit, I close my eyes, palms up, and I take deep breaths. And I just say to myself, no seeking, no asking, just being. And I sit and I be in the moment and I just breathe. And sometimes nothing comes and sometimes um, a lot of things come. So that's my meditation. It's, I, don't have, I don't practice a very specific meditation um, structure. Sometimes I do guided meditations, but for the most part, it's just about stillness for me. Right. Um, this morning uh, I woke up and I was just like, I'm going to take 10 minutes before I even really move, I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm not going to be on my phone. Um, and I'm just going to be take 10 minutes to check in with how I am, see what's going on in my own kind of world in my mm -hmm. head before I try to go out and interact with my wife, Julie, or you on the podcast or a friend coming over later today. Because um, sometimes when I just reach over 
for the phone or I just get up to go, I am immediately going back to space. I, I, my brain is packed in with, with all of the information that is out there for me, not for me to like intended or yes, it's intended for me, but not information that I'm intending to in, you know, ingest, but it's out there. I absorb it. And then I'm so packed in my mind that I don't have the, the wherewithal to like address my, the spirit section part of what's going on in my life or my day, you know? So I'm like, my mind's packed out. So then I don't even think to take time or to reflect on like how my spirit is. And, and so the whole concept of being just being there or not seeking, or it's, it's just all seeking. It's, not being it's wishing I was either there or wishing I was back, you know, it's just like, so it's such a distracted vibe. And so in these times where I don't have access to, you know, the gyms or I started getting into Brazilian jujitsu and that, that was so helpful for me. But now that I don't really have access to those things as much meditation is a thing that is kind of like, you know, your, your nickname or your tap, you know, your tap slash your grandfather's drums, the rhythm, it's something that's creeping up on me that it's kind of always there for you. So that's why I asked is not for any specific technique, but it's, it's interesting to see that, like you, you say, just sitting there and, and listening. Yeah. Just, just sit. listen. Like uh, it's so I have my best friend, his name is Ivy Roussel. He's also my creative director and we've been friends for a million years. We've never had an argument. He's such a wise soul. And one thing he always um, practices is uninfluenced energy, being sure that you have no other energy influencing your thoughts. So that is why I like to sit alone and be with myself because I need to know that everything that's coming through me or coming from me is coming from me and through me. You know, like it's not coming. Like sometimes I wake up in the morning and my mom might call and I answer the phone and she may be tell, tell me one thing. And now I'm carrying that with me today. And mm-hmm. I may even repeat what she said throughout the day or think about it. And now that is an influence energy with me throughout my day. So like in the morning, I like to set my own intentions. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not have anything inspire what I want to feel for the day. So sometimes I would sit in quiet and not seek or ask. And then sometimes I do like to do like a manifestation meditation. Sometimes I sit and I visualize my entire day the way I want it to go. I I visualize me waking up. I see me taking a shower. I see me having so much energy. I see me walking into work. I see it going well. I see people receiving me well. I see my entire day. And sometimes it goes accordingly and sometimes it doesn't, but at least I know my intentions, you know? Like I always say this, how dare me walk out of my house and expect somebody to believe something that I don't believe. So I have to take the time to believe me, believe what I want, believe what I need to do first, and then I can enter the world and then I can be a leader, which by the way, Walter means leader of an army. So I know that's part of my mission. Okay. So that's a very interesting point because I don't think everyone can be or should necessarily, I don't like the word should all the time, but should be a leader, right? Because like if everyone was a leader, then who's leading who? And it's like, sometimes leaders are good. A lot of the times leaders are good, especially when leaders are leading you in aspects of your life that you 
may struggle with or you may be lacking in because, you know, a leader may be a follower in turn if, you know, the tables are turned and, and you are trying to learn a different skill. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is you went four years ago, was a rough time. You spent a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. Things kind of came to a halt, maybe by choice, some of them, maybe not by choice, some of them. But, you know, the the momentum of your life kind of came to a halt. You spent a lot of time with yourself. So what I'm asking is, at what point did you feel not only healthy enough, but like aware enough of what you believed in and what you what your mission was to start all of these collaborative projects that you do have going on? Um, because I think a lot of artists, even if they're not going through a hard, what they would call a hard time in their life, even if they're fine with not necessarily doing what, what it is that they are trying to do, um, maybe, maybe there's something that you could share that may be helpful, you know, from, from going to hard time in my life, things come to a halt to, you know what, this is my purpose. I'm a leader. And not only am I going to do it for me, but I'm going to work with all these other people. You know, this is a two-part answer for me. Um, My spiritual advisor, her name is uh, Mama Shah, and she tells me, you're working with what's in your hand. That's what you're working with. What do you have in your hand? That's that's what you're working with. And at the time that I was going through um, my, my struggle, I had nothing. So who was I leading? Nobody was paying attention. You know, hmm. and where I am now, uh, I get off stage at, at at work and I see 10, 15 new followers and I have I have DMs saying, hey, I just took your class and you said this and you said this. And it hit me. I'm like, OK, people are listening now. People are paying attention. So this is what I have in my hand. And then it takes me back to a very spiritual moment I had with 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 God, where where I heard the spirit tell me. I can use you to lead millions, but where are you leading them? And I think about that all the time. And I'm like, okay, they're listening now, but what am I going to say? How, where am I going to lead these people? And I just want to lead them to joy. I want to lead them to self-love and I want to lead them back to God, which is within them. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like, you know, when you know, you'll know. Like if you're sitting and and nobody's paying attention, nobody's listening, that might not be the time. But if you walk in a room and everyone is drawn to you and they're looking at you and they're listening like, wait, some, some, this person has something to say, then you know you have a message. You have something to say. But I always say work on the messenger before you work on the message. So once you're done working on yourself, then you can help others. But you'll know when you're done. You'll know when it's time. You'll know when people are listening. It's what's in your hand. That's what you're working with. It's well put. And, you know, just to kind of recirculate back to themes that we've been kind of touching on. And also, you know, you said you you had a lotus flower tattoo. One thing that I think is so beautiful about um, flowers is that their their beauty is not necessarily in when they're in full bloom, it's the actual process of blossoming itself. Because once a flower has fully bloomed, it, it, 
is dying. It dies and it's, it, it's done. So that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think in our lives, we have multiple stages of growth. You know, if that wasn't true, you'd still be where you were four years ago. Yeah. And Um, honestly, I'm not done. I'm still growing. And you're not done. I'm still learning. You know what I'm saying? The journey will never end. There's always more to learn. You're, you're an eternally blooming flower. Exactly. It never, never stops. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to stop sharing the word or stop preaching or, or let people know that there's more. There is so much more. So real quickly, um, we got kind of to mind slash body, right. meditation, fitness, art. Now, spirit, I think it has a lot to do with both of those things, both mind and body. But it's also something in and of itself. So what's your kind of spiritual background, if you don't mind sharing? Um, my spiritual background, well, I grew up in a Baptist church. My, it, my, my family never had to force me to go to church. I was always the one who was like, are we going to church? Are we going to church? Um, I didn't know why. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's Sunday. Are we going? And my brothers, I had two older brothers. They're like, champ, shut up. We don't want to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I would always wanted to go. And it wasn't because of the, it wasn't because of the things that um, I learned about the Bible. It was this feeling I felt. It was this feeling that I felt as a kid, like, like, I, like it was my spirit. Something when I was in this place, uh, surrounded by people that wanted to do better, people yeah. that that wanted to heal, people that was bringing their most authentic self into this place where they were, where they would reveal themselves and show their hearts. I felt those vibrations. I felt that energy, and I just wanted to be there. And that's when the older I got, I realized, okay, Walter, you may not be so much religious but you definitely are spiritual. And for me, spiritual yeah. is a feeling. Spirit, spirituality is a feeling. And, and it goes back to when I said I had this moment with God and God said, I can use you. It wasn't something I saw. It was something I felt. It's like seeing right. your feelings, if that's a thing, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Or feeling yes. your, what you're yes. seeing, you know, like it was yes. just like something I felt. And that's, that's my spiritual background. My spiritual background is, is my heart is what I feel is joy. It's when I meditate, it's, it's the vibrations I feel when people are bringing them best selves. It's, 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 it's when I connect with people that just want to be better. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I mean, for me, it's this conversation. I'm sure you get, you provide that feeling for people in your, your classes or your I lessons, sure whatever. So. Yeah. I oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you're, you're, you're touching and blessing me now. So I'm very, very thankful. I'm grateful for Thank artists you. like you, um, for guests like you on this podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I have, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. For yeah. Thank you. My story. Like this is, this is very vulnerable for me. And I'm realizing that this, this interview is nothing like the interview I did at iHeartRadio or the other podcast I've been on. Like I, and it may just be me. I'm in a different place right now, but, hmm. and, and it may be you receiving me, but I can feel your spirit as well. You know what I'm saying? It's clear that we are on the same page as far as spirituality, which is, we just want to be better. We want to be better. We want to be stronger. We want to be, we, we want to be better. We want to share that with others. And we want to, for me because for me if the joy is just contained if it's self-contained what good is it if i'm the only one happy yes yeah you know um uh, yeah i'm so blessed thank you so much i have one final question if you want to call it that it's a guiding question 
And then after that, you can say whatever you want to say. You don't have to say anything at all. But I would like for you to answer this question. And then um, after saying whatever you want to say, just let people know where to follow you, how to follow you, how to stay in touch. And then I'm good. Um, so here's my final question. And it is this. Let's go back further than four years ago. Let's go back, you know, to where you first kind of discovered tap dancing. Mm -hmm. And those first couple moments, maybe it was a day, maybe it was a period of a week or a month. Maybe you, it, you didn't have an aha moment. Maybe it was just the process of it. And you, you were like, this is it. It's clicking with me. I, I love to, I'm tapping. I love this. I'm here now. So if you took Walter Kemp II then and kind of showed him a movie, a little like a clip of, your, of one of your days now, well, imagine what 10-year-old you would think of that. Now, take where you are now, and maybe this isn't really the question for you, but answer it however you can. If you could go that much further into the future, what would you envision yourself doing or being for people or for yourself? What, 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 is it, what does your day-to-day -day look like? I'm not sure I understand the question. So it's like, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And when I was like 10, I was playing basketball. And if I looked, if I, if someone showed me, they were like, Hey, check this out. And they're like, this is you. Like when you're 28, mm -hmm. 29, whatever. And, and, and I've looked at myself doing a, you know, having a company that hosts, podcasts and shows and um releasing an album talking to you a person like you on a podcast that i host you know mm -hmm. through it like I, it would kind of shake me a little bit and it's not to say that it would change the direction of my life but it would be like oh wow i'm actually doing at least for me i'm doing a lot of the things that fulfill me and a lot of things that i like to do and a lot of things that challenge me my life looks kind of where I, what, how I would like it to look. Now, if I could do that 20 years from now, I could, right now, my answer to that question would be, I want to be doing more of the same. I, honestly, I'd, I'd love to still be having conversations with people like you, figuring out what you're doing, how you're doing it, and repurposing it for other people. I want to be making music still. You know, I still want to be getting tattoos and talking to people about <laughs> their the, about their tattoos. I still want to be exercising. A lot of the reason why I got into fitness super hard, and I started pushing like uh, pull ups. I, I was started preaching for pull ups and weighted pull ups being like a really important thing because if you can lock in that core strength and that back strength, you'll provide a lot of sustainability for yourself when you get older. And now that those pull-ups and those deadlifts, and I wasn't going super heavy, but those pull-ups are gone for me, largely. It's like I'm starting to feel like an old man and stuff. So it's like I would like for 20 years from now for me to still be exercising, for me to be having interesting conversations, making music. Where where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? What does Walter Kemp II and everything that you are and your spirit is, what is it? What's it doing? Um. As a kid, I always wanted to be a choreographer. 
I remember asking my mom before I can even spell it. I was like, how do you spell choreographer? And she was like, why? I was like, because that's what I want to do when I grow up. Um, and and I, I don't know. I actually it was it was funny because I had the biggest crush on this girl. Her name was Marquise and she was a dancer. And I didn't know if I was crushing on her or I just wanted to be her. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, Wait, yeah. what's going on? I, like, I really like her, but I like that she danced. Like, I love she has a little dance jacket on. It said Edward Holland School of Dance. Like, I don't know. I wanted to be a choreographer, but I did. I always knew that I would, that, that my spirituality will lead the way. And not only did I know that, I have been told this my entire life. Every preacher that I came around, my uncle, who he says he's a prophet, I don't know, but he, um, he was like, he, well, he may be right because he was like, you're going to be a preacher, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going to lead people, you're going to be a spiritual advisor, um, and I was like, uh, uh, okay, but at any rate, um, I thought I would be a choreographer, but if I could, if I could show my younger self what I'm doing right now, I think I would. I think my younger self would say something like, I told you so. I hmm. told you you can do it. I told you so. And 20 years from now, I want to do exactly what I'm doing. Maybe not in a form that I'm doing it, but I want to help heal people. I want to help heal people from themselves, from self-doubt, from self-hate. I know that my life completely changed as soon as I started to love myself, but I couldn't love myself until I got with myself. And I see so many people running away from the self. So they surround themselves with people. They surround themselves with things or substances. But honestly, you can only heal yourself with yourself. So 20 years from now, I, I, I imagine me standing in front of millions of people preaching the gospel, telling people that, that, that God is within you that 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 God is the way that that you can you can have joy you can have happiness even when people come and even when people go happiness and joy is within you and when you close your eyes and when you wake up and you still got you that has to be your best friend that person has to be your biggest motivator like i like 20 years from now i just want to help heal people that's what i'm here i know that's what i'm here to do that's exactly what I'm here to do. And that's what I intend to do, whether it's through fitness and wellness, whether it's through meditation, leading, guiding meditations, whether it's through 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 speaking and and doing motivational speaking or 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 spiritual advising. I, I'm not as sure how it looks, but I know the mission and my mission is to help heal people and help heal them from themselves. Them, their lower selves. It's all about um, connecting to your higher self. Oprah says this all the time. One thing I know for certain is we all are just trying to reach our higher self. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people reach their higher selves. I'm here for it. How can people follow you and follow you on your journey and your process? Well, um, I I love social media and I love Instagram. I, I, I for a very long time I used Instagram as my website. It was the way where you saw everything I was doing. You kept up with my right. classes. Um, it's a way for you just to get a peek into a, what what a fitness artist is, and that's at Walter Kemp, the number two, the actual number two. And there you'll find fitness, you'll find fashion, and you'll also just find overall inspiration. Outside of that, I just built my website, which is not completely done yet but you can go on it for purchasing like apparel but I'll, but we're still working on it and that's www. 
alterofwalter.com. Amazing. Wow. I'm blessed. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you have or are you good? I think I'm good. I think I'm I'm actually really good. And you know what? I think it's thealtaroftwalter.com, not Alter of Walter. So it's www.thealtaroftwalter.com. www.thealtaroftwalter? Yes. .com. That's a great name. And, you know, that came from... Um, that came from my, my followers that like they they that's what they started saying. I, I was like, what? They during my class, they were like, oh, the altar of Walter. I feel like when I come to his class, I'm coming to the altar. He was just gonna say altar Ooh. of Walter. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Thank you guys. Cause I could not have thought of that myself. So I just wow. kept it, I ran with it. So thank you to whoever that was who created that about three years ago. I love you for that one. I'll give wow. you your 10%, I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, here's to mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much. I'm better for this conversation. Um, So I have nothing else. I'm very, very thankful. I am too. Thank you so much for having me and God bless you. You too. All right. Have a good day. You too. Looking for Artists is a Rock Rising podcast. Learn more about us on Instagram at Rock Rising Inc. That's R-O-C-K-R-I-S-I-N-G-I-N-C. Looking for Artists is available anywhere you podcast.